And hello, Mr. Nate. Thank you so much for joining us today in the XB. We are really excited to have you on the show today. A very warm welcome to you. Thank you. I love the name of your show and thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you you look amazing and I'm pretty sure that this episode will be great. So I'm you just know. out my Thanksgiving shirt, probably <laughs> a little early, but you know, I'm I'm very grateful for a lot of things, so it felt appropriate today. <laughs> yeah. Great, great. So you have obviously had a very impressive career in customer experience. You have held various leadership roles where you have helped um, brands create successful CX strategies and accelerated their CX transformation. And you're also the co-founder of CX Accelerator. If it's okay with you, I would like uh, to begin by asking you a little bit about CX Accelerator. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just an amazing community of, of over 3,000 folks that are just helping each other. The entire mission of all of it is just to help CX professionals along every stage of their career journey. So it's not about the role you're in now. It's not necessarily about the the technology or, or your, your struggles today. We want to help you today, but we want to be with you every stage of the journey as you just maximize your career and get the most out of this work. And that way you, as, the, as a CX leader, as a CX professional, you can serve the, the people around you so well. Uh, so we know that equipping these folks is going to change the world in a really positive way. And it's a great pleasure to do that through the vehicle of CX Accelerator. That's great. That's great. Thank you for building such a community. I believe that millions of people will enjoy being there. Um, so let's get down to business. I have a, a list of questions. I want to grab some insights from you. So working for major brands in the area of CX comes with its own unique set of learning and challenges. And uh, what would you say have been some of your major learnings about how customers are also evolving? Have you seen any perceptible shifts in how customers choose their brand? Yeah, the great question. I mean, the, the psychology of our customers has absolutely shifted in the past several years. I mean, if we think about you know, back a, a couple of years now to to our COVID era, I mean, customer mentality came all about safety. <laughs> does, does does this brand help to protect the things that matter to me, to keep those that I love safe, to keep me safe? And and that was kind of that bottom tier. If we think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs in a CX sense, it started with with safety ultimately. Then we could work up to, are you making it easy for me? Are you saving me time? Is there value to this? And, and then ultimately we get up to those pinnacles of let's personalize this, right? Uh, but I do feel like there's there's a macro trend as we kind of, uh, to some degree, you know, move beyond the the safety layer, and, and that's kind of assumed at least in most uh, context. Uh, but we we now can think about like mission mission driven brands, these brands that are taking a bold step out there into the marketplace to to be something really unique. You know, I, I really believe that we we can't be all things to all people as a brand. We've got our group of customers that are out there. And, and we can serve them in a unique way. If, if we really lock in and focus in on what we can uniquely do as an organization and find those customers out there that, that we can just accelerate their success and, and that way we, we gain loyalty. Whereas if we're, if we're just able to serve them a little bit and, and do this kind of here and there, but it's, it's kind of a mediocre relationship, there's not gonna be a loyalty generator there so much. So if, if we're really focused on who our customers are, who that sweet spot is, 
then, then we can ultimately grow the business through great customer experience practices. But it requires a brand to be really mission focused. Mm-hmm. Think about, wow, you know, how can I take a unique stance and, and a unique person of personality in terms of who we are as, as a brand and, and have courage in that. And, and ultimately, your customers will, will see that, they'll reciprocate to that. Um, so I, I believe that that really matters to customers and that should really matter to brands more and more as we move into this next era of the age of the customer. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I also think that customers are so spoiled of the choices. They have so many brands. They have so many choices. And it's super important super important to to woo them with something new and unique. Yeah, I agree with you. And um, uh, what according to you are some of the key things a brand setting out to upgrade its customer communication needs be mindful of? You know, uh, always brands spend a lot of money, but they don't have results that they hope for. Uh, except of this mission, maybe there are some practical tips. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if we, I love the the story brand approach, you know, building a story brand by Donald Miller is as we communicate out to our customers, let, let's embody our role as a guide. So we're, we're trying to guide our customers to their definition of success. So as we communicate to them, what we're communicating is here's where you are now and here's how we can help get you here. Here's the things you're about to see. Here's the things that might happen tomorrow. And here's how we can equip you today to be ready for these challenges that you're about to face. We can we can help you become the person that you want to become because of your unique relationship to us. So we want to communicate to our customers in our brand voice. <laughs> personify what it looks like for us to be the guide in in the relationship with our customers and do that in such a way that it's proactive, that it's helpful, and and that's that going to be reciprocated well by our customers. Great. And when can uh, say communicate with customers? Uh, I want to ask you about communication channel. There are plenty of them. Uh, which channel to choose? So what is the, the best choice? Yeah, I mean, so many, so many paths of service today, right? Uh, and and many of them are are automated. Many of them are not. You know, we have, uh, I guess, you could call our legacy more traditional channels, and then some of our new, exciting, emerging channels. Uh, but ultimately, I, I mean, I keep going back to the the brilliant words of the effortless experience, which came out back in 2011. In many ways, a very prophetic work, and it just talks about guiding the customer to the best resolution path. I mean, that's ultimately what we want to do is is think about, okay, where where's the customer now? And especially if we're, we're in the context of customer service, where the customer is experiencing an issue, like they're stuck on their journey. We got to get them back on the ideal path. And so we, we got to guide them. Again, it's embracing that role as guide. Let's guide them to the best resolution path. So depending on the nature of that stuck point, you're, you're going you're gonna to put the best channel forward in, in different ways. And there's a brilliant appendix in that book that kind of helps you to map that out. Issue type. And if that were us, what what would we want? Do we just really need that confidence, that that personalized experience to talk to somebody? Then, then let's let's make that possible. And let's not put like seven or eight barriers to mm-hmm. achieving that goal if we know that that's going to be dead end for people. But if it's something where, wow, we can put great relevant information in front of our customer right here, they can do that in such a way that they control the experience. 
which is something our customers generally love. That's another psychological thing that's evolving in the minds of our customers. They love to be in control of the experience. So we're, we're putting different paths in front of them, right? So that they feel mm -hmm. as though they get to select the one that they want, that, that matters most to them, but we're putting the right ones there where it's not going to be a dead end. So we're not forcing a channel switch. I mean, you might remember, you know, back in the day before we had incredible generative AI and, and chatbots that were as capable as they are today, it was a lot of people slapping knowledge base, bases up in front of customers and forcing people to navigate through these complicated, oftentimes dead-end generating knowledge bases. And yeah. we're still at risk. You know, even though the technology is so much better, sometimes it can still absolutely be a dead end if it's not relevant to the customer's need at that time. So just think through, okay, where is this customer? Where are they getting stuck? And how can we guide them to the best resolution path? That's going to answer what channels you should have and where you should place them. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Thank you. And you can mention what? And I just uh, have one more question. Um, how to save this human touch in this era of artificial technologies, etc. So sometimes I feel like customers might missing simple personal talk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there's a metaphor I, I like to use here. Uh, are you familiar with the movie Iron Man? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, well, I had a, a former boss, Jonathan Schroer, who uh, really talked about as, as this technology continues to evolve, it's kind of like Jarvis is to Iron Man in a lot of ways, right? I mean, it's kind of that it's there with you, that HUD, that 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 unit that's around, that, that's helping you to understand and see the variables all around you. Hey, Iron Man, you just went into space. I put some oxygen in your suit. There's a missile coming. Don't worry. I I, I did counter-missile measure. It's already taken care of. Don't worry about that. Just focus on your goal. Like Jarvis was like taking control of all these variables and putting great relevant information in Iron Man's head. But it was information. So then it's like, okay, well, what about the goal? Where does the goal come from? What about the heart of Iron Man? And ultimately, I think... The best guide that Iron Man had was not Jarvis. It was Pepper. <laughs> Pepper Pepper was Iron Man's conscience. I mean, she was the one who was speaking life into him, giving him meaningful purpose and helping him to understand the why behind everything that he did. So, I mean, all the information would be very irrelevant if it weren't for the heart that was given to him by Pepper. So, I mean, that, that's what we want to do here. I mean, we've got a lot of Jarvis going on. There's a ton of Jarvis conversation right now. But do not forget the pepper element. How can we continue to equip our customers with that meaningful purpose, with that great sense of identity where we're, we're getting to co-create, we're getting to build something together that's really great and meaningful towards our brand promise. And, and that's, that's where you really have a, a customer relationship that comes to life. Anybody can offer information. I mean, it's out there. It's all out in the cloud, right? I mean, anybody can can ultimately access that in a whole bunch of different ways. So your attitude to loyalty program, so, uh, it's a key to customers' hearts sometimes. Um, do you have any insights how to uh, create the best strategy for that? Layers to, to a loyalty program. And, and you know, I, I hesitate that with that word program a little bit because the more we try to program loyalty... Uh, the, the harder it's going to be to make that really good and personalized and imaginative. But we do need to set up some process and some good systems here 
Uh, and, and I'm certainly one where I've got a ton of loyalty apps on my phone and I'm looking for those points to get some free food and different things like and more more transactional relationships. Some of those more incentive-based programs can be really good and helpful. I mean, they can definitely meet the need of, of what the customer is trying to do. We can guide them to their definition of success. In this case, we're going to give them something free. <laughs> but for those more heavy B2B relationships, the, those heavier, more less transactional, more relational relational uh, interactions that we have, we, we definitely want to focus on how can we maximize value here? How can we go deep with this customer and really understand them? And that's where the movement of customer success has been so good and so challenging. I mean, customer success in a nutshell is just maximizing customer value, but it's, it's all about engagement and customer health along every stage of their journey. <laughs> It's mm -hmm. customer life cycle management in, in a big way on steroids. And, and I feel like the, the movement of customer success, which has really broke its original chains of being just in that SaaS space, now it's all over the place. And, and you're seeing the implications of that customer success mentality happening everywhere. I mean, that, that's, that's a customer loyalty program in, in, a, in a great, intelligent macro sense. And, and it's really, truly guiding that customer to a place where you're maximizing value for them, they're reciprocating in these great ways. You're expanding, extending that partnership outward. That's going to fuel your sales and marketing engine. It's going to get you to a place where you're co-creating with your customers and, and ultimately future-proof the business. Sure, thank you. Um, you also mentioned personalization several times. Um, what do you mean by personalization in this digital era? Because just same customer's first name and push notification, it's not a personalization. And uh, abandoned cart reminders, they also, everybody do that. So something unique, maybe? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so th this is where you got the pepper element, right? I mean, it, we can we can all use the Jarvis information and try to kind of do a, a very superficial personalized layer using that information that, that's just kind of out there where somebody's going to stop and take notice. It's like, wow, somebody somebody really looked at this and thought about me, me as a unique individual and was thinking how I could be successful. And, and so, I mean, one great personalization technique is is to think about, wow, what is this customer going to think of, going to face next, next in their journey towards where they're trying to get their definition of success? And how can I start to equip them now? So it's being proactive as that guide and saying, wow, I, I think I think this is going to be something that we want to anticipate. Um, I'm going to have you go ahead and take a look at this resource here, and we're going to go ahead and run this report now so that you've got that in your mind so that we can be better equipped to handle this situation next week when you have to turn in that OSHA report, when you have to uh, account for this example over here. Uh, just, just being ready and anticipating for the customer I mean, that, that's going to show, wow, that this is a brand that really cares about me and my success. Thank you. Uh, also, I have one more question here. You know, uh, sometimes brands uh, do hire contact centers for building this customer experience, uh, for building support, etc. Uh, how to keep this personalized approach because agents from contact centers might not be so interested in that business as um, inside. Yeah, you know, that's tough, right? I mean, uh, when, you, when you use the word contact center, there's so many 
legacy implications that flood into our minds, and you're you're just thinking about these these people sucked in some mega warehouse room that are you know, taking sixty calls a a, a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, hard to hard to incorpor- incorporate the pepper relationship into that, right? Uh, but but I give you the example, and, and this is a great case study by my Matt Dixon, uh, reinventing customer service, and they use the example of T-Mobile, who optimized their contact center in such a cool way. They broke it down into these mini tribes of like fifty people, and these fifty people got to know each other really well, and there were some specialized roles in there, like a knowledge curator and. And a, like a technical, you know, person that could really help to to resolve certain types of issues, they they grew this great kind of family tribe atmosphere within that group of fifty, and then that group of fifty got to go support a particular geographic dem- demographic of customers. So, in other words, they got to really know this group of customers in a special way, and start to personalize that experience for them in some really neat ways together. As as this unit, this SWAT team of fifty, and so I mean that that's happening inside of Omega. I, I don't even know how many seats that contact center would be, but you know tens of thousands. But these little these little units were set up to really create some great harmony, and and start to specialize and personalize the experience outward towards a, a specific group of customers. Uh, so that that's a really neat example of of embracing this this pepper element even at scale. Great. Yeah, very nice example. Thank you. And how do you think how important the role of uh, having unified communication technology ecosystem in offering a quick and effective customer service for contact centers and for businesses in general? Yeah, my goodness. I mean, that's that's some critical tech. I mean, the, the digital ecosystems on which all of this relationship rests in in most organi- in most organizations is very broken. I mean, this is going a while back, but if we look back at the Cloud Security Alliance report in 2018, the average enterprise uh, organization 464 custom tools, and and they weren't integrated, right? And I mean, there was like 40 percent of them IT doesn't even know about because somebody went rogue and just brought software in to try and solve some little problem here. And and what we were doing is is just fragmenting the customer journey breaking the digital ecosystem that, that really matters to to the the digital experience here and so i mean it's it's time to resolve some of that technical debt that we've built up and, and to simplify and lock in on really good simplified tools <laughs> that make this information available so that people can do their jobs really well and there's some great interesting data from g2 crowd that like half of customer service workers are, are just people in general in professional type roles, we're looking at leaving their jobs because the software is so bad, because the tools are so bad. In other words, they're hindered from being able to serve well because they can't do their jobs because the tools are just very broken. So so when we equip customer service workers, especially mm-hmm. with, with great information, with great tools, it, it lets them be pepper. It, it breaks them free from... You know, so much of the frustrating aspects of this role, because ultimately what you're doing is you're trying to go deep and understand the customer, which requires context of what their journey look like, data, and, and you're trying to bring the, the, the information spread across the organization into this customer relationship so that you can proactively guide them. Data. <laughs> you have great data on both sides, and you've got to establish that excellent connection. So 
yeah, th this type of technology that you're, you're describing is, is a really important part of that matrix. Yeah, especially I think uh, here employee satisfaction is like a part of customer satisfaction in general. So employees also, Absolutely. yeah, they need to be happy as well uh, with the brand for sure. And I, I always kind of joke, you know, I feel like in the first like 10 seconds of a customer service interaction, you can kind of tell two things. Is this person going to be able to help me? And do they actually want to? <laughs> so it's like, there's kind of like a sweet spot there of, yeah, yeah, this person's capable. They've got the information they need and, and they have a desire. They're not completely burned out, just almost dead in their chair. And, and when you get somebody like that, that's both capable and excited to serve you, you just... You just take a deep breath. You're like, this is going to be a great interaction. And, and, it, and it is. But you kind of know, like, you know, psychologically in those first 10 seconds what you're about to deal with. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I can say that that's 100% true. <laughs> it's actually my thoughts. I always feel this when I communicate with the board engine. Yeah. Uh, my last question for this discussion, I believe. Um, what is your take on the voice of the customer method to generate some insights to generate customer feedback? Oh, yeah. So uh, that, that could be its own hour and a half conversation. But I, I'll, let, let me just kind of give a quick, just some thoughts around voice of customer. Because, I mean, this is, this is where the work of customer experience really gets started. This is where the rubber hit the road. And, and there's some talk right now about how we as CX professionals are struggling to demonstrate ROI and do the customer well, that gives us the fuel for our engine. But most people aren't, frankly. I mean, we, we've, we're doing VOC in a box. We're doing it in such a way that we can generate some reports, but they're, they're really not going to show true ROI of the work that we're doing and how serving our customers really well is going to open up the financial success of the business long-term. We, we've got to connect these dots. So, I mean, it starts with better information in. And and most folks are over this hurdle now, but like we were so dependent on traditional survey channels, structured channels. In other words, we as the business created the channel. But if, if we look at where insightful customer information is about their interactions to us as a brand, it's unstructured. It's just out in the world. And, and mm -hmm. we've got to be more effective at capturing it in, in third-party websites, review areas, communities like Discord and Reddit uh, mm -hmm. and Slick Deals. like we, We've got to be able to reach into these areas where people are truly robustly talking about brands and, and inherit that information out of those interactions the, the very best that we can. And, and I'll give you the example for, for Contact Center, even just picking up conversations, unstructured conversations that have to do with how we've impacted the customer, positive and negative. Being able to capture those conversations, not just in support, but in sales and on the executive level, as you do different unstructured interviews, being able to bring that into your VOC channel, having the maturity and focus to be able to do that. You know, one point I was working for an organization where we did that with little buttons. And when you had a great conversation with a customer, got some unstructured information in, you'd be able to just hit a button and it would take you to this little form and you could basically just say, hey, how's this customer feeling right now? Why is that? And, and what could we do to ultimately serve this customer better? And, and we could bring that into, into our overall VOC engine. The tools are so smart now to be able to tag that and bring it in and put it in different trends and themes and organize it really well for us. 
So whether it is structured or unstructured, we, we got to be able to embrace that information. But then th this is where it starts to get cool, how we actually use it. <laughs> like 80% of our VOC effort should be to intrinsically motivate people to, to demonstrate to them how they're making an impact on our customers' lives in a really good way. Like, here's what you're doing. Like, you're serving our brand promise really well. You're being faithful to this. You're protecting this brand promise. And here's the impact you're making. And here it is, out of the mouths of our customers. And, and just let that intrinsically motivate folks to, to stay focused, to stay intentional, to continue to improve as a guide. But then, yeah, that other 20%, we're, we're identifying friction points and we're learning together as a business where we have some gaps in, in that customer experience journey and how we can ultimately help to guide our customers in those areas as well. But we forget about the intrinsic motivating part that the VOC should be. And then when, as we do VOC really well, we can extend our metrics into more of that customer success zone of customer health, customer engagement, customer lifetime value, share of wallet, and true loyalty. And we mm -hmm. can show when, when we manage our customers really well, when we guide them to their definition of success, here's how they do business with us longer, <laughs> with, mm -hmm. with value, a greater share of wallet. You know, here's, here's the impact that that's having. On, on our partnership with these customers as an organization. By the way, this is how we're getting new customers and being able to demonstrate that as well. This is, this is how we're fueling our acquisition engine. It's serving these customers really well because that, that's where your, your new customers are probably going to come from, especially today. So, I mean, there's so much that your VOC engine, to use that Gene Bliss term, can do for you if you tune it up and if you've got it operating properly. Yeah, I think actually positive reviews sometimes is the best advertising for business, especially like local small businesses. They need yeah. to like it. Yeah, sure. Um, thanks a lot for sharing your thoughts. Thanks a lot for sharing your experience. It was such a great discussion. I believe everybody will share this episode. Uh, as we wrap up this insightful episode, uh, we've had the privilege of diving deep into the world of customer experience and this night with the visionary founder of the ICX Explorator community, Nate Brown. Thanks a lot, Nate, again for joining us today. And um, stay tuned for more CX Explorations that matters. Until the next time, and I hope you guys remember that every interaction shapes an experience. So, see you later.